In this Spotlight series, I want to highlight where improv shows up in the lives of others. Brendan Hausman, a member of a previous troupe I've been in, and just coming off a hiatus from our online audio troupe live clickbait run by Sam Hansen, really inspired me with the way he stepped in to play narrator and all these fantastic characters I hadn't heard in a while as he'd taken a bit of a break. During some of the interim, Brendan had mentioned keeping up a bit of his play of the game Dungeons & Dragons, or D&D for short, which is a fantasy-based role-playing game. And I wondered if that practice blended with and supported his ability to jump right back into our improv troupe with fabulous narration and wonderful character work. I assume there was a bit of a crossover, because I do know that Dungeons & Dragons requires a bit of improvisational character skill, but that's pretty much all I knew. So after our discussion... I kind of learned that, yeah, Brendan is pretty much naturally gifted, but I did learn that for any improviser out there, Dungeons and Dragons is a great way to explore new ways to keep improv fresh, much like taking any other sort of artistic or creative practice on, like maybe a creative writing class or maybe a movement class. These things all add up and enhance what you do with improv. Therefore, I think D&D is an important experience to have, or at least consider, for an improviser. I've never played it myself, but I'm at that point in my improv journey, while I still do take classes, I'm turning towards those other arts and creative and community experiences for my own kinds of inspiration. In talking to Brendan, I found the crossover between D&D and improv inspiring, and maybe this discussion will encourage others to see that either world can be used as a tool to enhance the practice of the other one. I know I certainly would like to try D&D for myself. So let's kick this off by asking Brendan, first, who he is, and then it becomes clear why he's so well-suited for both improv and Dungeons & Dragons. So, Brendan, we are rarely one thing in our lives. We often can describe ourselves in lots of slashes. So, like, one might say, oh, yes, I'm a brother slash skier slash entrepreneur or something like that. So what are your five slashes? Oh, boy, that's a, that's a, oof, forcing me to be real introspective here. Um, I am an actor. Uh, I am... It sucks because you're asking me to like say nice things about myself. <laughs> I'm not good at that. Uh, I'm an I'm an improviser. I am a uh, a facilitator. Uh, I'm a peacemaker when I can be. Um, I'm a cat lover <laughs> and dogs. I like them. I like animals. Animals in general. And uh, I I like. I like video games. Tell me more about um, being a facilitator. I well, it's 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 a good thing and a bad thing because I'm so 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 conflict averse and like unhappy when it happens with others. Like I'm always the one trying to like make people work things out without fighting about it because then i'm like well this is gonna suck for me so it's selfish really uh i'm like this is gonna suck for all of us but me being me and having you know being in my own head i'm like i don't want to deal with this so i'm gonna try to make it go away by getting people to just work shit out i mean you know my my friends and i are our group we've known each other for more than a decade you know even when, when you're with people that you love uh for that amount of time especially if you're not related 
the way I look at it is we, we all know how to make each other laugh, but we all can even unconsciously do like the exact thing that will just send us from one to a hundred of, I am very irritated with you right now. And so I've become very attuned to that. And it's, it's like with improv, sometimes, you know, you're in this character, you're getting emotional and things can happen where you, you, the player can get angry at your friend, the player, as opposed to the characters getting mad. So as a DM, you have to be attuned to that and be like, all right, let's, let's redirect this to something else. If you had to basically describe what D&D is without getting into the fine details, what would you say to somebody in a, a sentence or so what D&D is? Uh, D&D is a chance to tell a really cool story uh, with um, sometimes people you know and like, sometimes complete strangers. And sometimes it can be absolutely awful and incredibly painful if you don't have the right people. Uh, but if you do have the right people, you can make something really cool and really unique. So much like improv, I hear that D&D has qualities of being great for social interaction and, and group play and imagination. How would you sell it as improving your personal life or interpersonal skills? It's, it's a game that can also serve as a therapeutic exercise without being therapy. Because like with, with imp- side, you know, side note, like with improv, something can be therapeutic without you turning it into therapy because if you turn it into therapy that's deeply unhealthy uh but it it is it is something that could be therapeutic and fun and uh with uh the rules of fifth edition it's uh basic enough that it can be fun for new players as well as more experienced players the ones that aren't too snobby um and uh if you invest with me sharks uh i can guarantee you a million bajillion dollars. And this is why I'll never be a pitch man. But I would disagree. Listen to last week's clip of Ad Agency to hear Brendan beautifully run the show as an ad exec. Brendan is also fabulous at detail, especially with history, which, by the way, you would also note in his wonderful period details in the aforementioned Ad Agency clip. So here we pause for his brief D&D history. Well, so, you know, it started out at Gary Gygax and a couple of his buddies back in the 70s, back when back when nerds nerd was like still an insult uh, as opposed to something that, you know, influencers will try to, to say, oh, yeah, well, I'm a nerd because I saw an anime once and that's why you should buy my shirts or whatever they sell. Um, but so they, they started out uh, as big fans of wargaming. So like, with you know giant maps you see in comic book shops with like all these little minis that was very big in the 70s but they would do like military uh like like battle recreation uh with with little mini armies and so he kind of he and a a couple of his friends i don't think he directly only had the idea but they kind of spun that into well what if instead of creating the you know controlling this whole army you're just controlling one person and you have like stats and abilities uh, and you can be different, like races of mythical creatures that we stole from Tolkien and then got almost sued for, and we had to change a bunch of names. Uh, um, and so it, it, they they created their own uh, game studio um, and kind of went from there. And I think it took a while for it to take off, but then obviously for a while it was it was popular but very niche. Uh, and then there was the whole satanic panic, which kind of raised its profile and lowered its profile because, you know, it suddenly everybody was talking about it. But they're like, oh, but, you know, Tom Hanks said in that movie that you can go crazy and think that the, the adventures are real. Um, 
and then at some point, uh, Gygax's company sold it to Wizards of the Coast, who are a, a gaming company based... I don't know where they're based. I want to say California, but that's just because I'm a Californian, and I assume everything's here that isn't in the East. Um, but they also own like the license to Magic the Gathering, the, the trading card game, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, and so they started developing on it, and now it's, in it, it's currently in its fifth edition. So when it comes to establishing the foundations of the game... First, Brendan's personal recommendation for play that has a lot of role play or improv in it would be something like four to six players to not crowd out others and give everybody a chance to really explore character. Brendan explains that there are campaigns, which are the framework for play, and these are run by the DM or the dungeon master or game master. This person is the head of the table, describing the world and events, setting out and directing the plot and the play of additional characters, combat encounters, etc. The DM can either choose to bring pre-existing campaigns to life, kind of like story blueprints, or even write their own campaign for everybody else to play. PCs are player characters, which are us humans around the table, and NPCs are non-playable characters that the DM writes in or plays to flesh out the world, and those can be interacted with. Brendan described to me that in order to begin, there's usually a session zero, which establishes boundaries, much like we do in improv. Things we will explore, things we're not comfortable doing, what what we want out of this play, etc. And if it's any other session, the DM reminds all the players what happened last time. Brendan also emphasizes that he believes good D&D mixes structured play with players making their own choices. So the DM isn't railroading anybody else's play with their own personal agenda, but can rein in sort of unwieldy players who are stretching a little too far out of bounds. It's all about that balance and being a good facilitator. So getting into the nitty gritty of play, how does one play D&D? So the game is, the, the, the rules are basically the framework through which the DM and the players can tell the story together. So, you know, you pick your, your race, like, you know, elf, dwarf, uh, orc, or whatever. You pick your class. So if you're a, a cleric who can cast healing magic, or if you're um, uh, like a, a fighter who, could, you know, swings a sword, or then complicated ones who are like a warlocks, who the community are joking really refers to as... Uh, in relationships with magical sugar daddies, uh, where that's where they get their magic from. Um, and so you you pick your, your race, you pick your class, and, and those all give you kind of special bonuses or different abilities. Um, and then you also have stats, you know, uh, so like you're, you have, you have uh, certain numbers and you can either roll for them or there, there are methods for which to like kind of predetermine them within like a set uh, a set um, amount of numbers uh, and that determines like your health, how strong you are, how fast you are, how charismatic. I mean, the, 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 the main ability scores are strength, dexterity, constitution, uh, charisma, intelligence, and wisdom. And those all, depending on what your character, you know, what your race is, what your class is, what your background is, because you can choose different backgrounds, that kind of shapes which of those stats are most important to the character you want to make. Uh, and so that's kind of the framework for making a character. And then all of those stats and abilities help you interact with the world. So all of that is in service to both both game and story. So the game, you know, the game is these rules. You have you roll certain dice to make certain attacks. You make you know you uh, uh, make choices about what uh, abilities or or spells you want to use. And then the dice are the framework of how that happens. 
So, you know, do you hit or miss? So how does a game end? Some campaigns, especially if it's like with a a pretty close-knit group of friends, like you can just have different adventures with the same characters for years and years and years and, and, you know, get very attached to these characters unless they die. Um, And is there kind of a group win? Like I know there's some combat involved. Is it, do you defeat something and then you move on? There's not, I mean, there's a win in the same way of like, you know, at the end of Lord of the Rings, Sauron is defeated, but then everybody has other stuff that they do. We just don't necessarily see that. The difference being that since this is D&D and potentially you can just keep having more adventures, you always see what's next because that's just the next adventure. Yeah. And I, well, I was going to ask, so it sounds like in D&D, you take characters very seriously. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's because I mean, just just from like a, a sunk cost fallacy perspective, like you've put a lot of time, presumably, into making this character like, you know, people go, especially if they've been doing it a while, they go really in on the backstories with like literal pages of backstory. Um and then you know you're you're invested in this character. You're you're leveling them up. You're getting them gear. You're having them undergo character arcs, uh, like full character arcs, uh, uh, Im- improvised ones. Uh, and so, like you get you get really attached to them. And so then, if they die, uh, and there's no way to revive them, that's kind of a bummer because that could be a character that you put a lot of time and work into. It's like both getting weapons and equipment and stuff, but then also like building connections with your fellow players and with the the characters that the the DM plays. Well, it sounds like there's also an incredible amount of writing involved and understanding character and arc and all those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Both on the player side and the DM side. I mean, the DM, obviously, because they're writing the whole story and, and creating all these extra, you know, the, 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 the DM plays, you know, all, all the players get really attached to their players. The DM plays, you know, anywhere from 10 to 50 to hundreds of, of random NPCs, some that never show up again. Uh, so, but, but it's always good to ha- like give them a little something that's interesting is something that makes them memorable. Um, Cause that's how the players like get attached to them and, and like go, Hey, I like this NPC. I'm going to interact with them. Uh, and, and that's like having a good understanding of, of interesting character development and writing uh, there's a, a a meme online that I, I love where it's you know it's a fictional description of a of a play session where the DM goes ah you step into the tavern and you see this mysterious man with a cloak and like three wings and a gauntleted hand sipping a drink and the players go is there anyone else there there's also a goblin named Sam Smorkel and the players go I want to talk to Sam Smorkel <laughs> of course. <laughs> Um, so what would you say, what could people do to sort of study the D&D world if they didn't have a full time for a com- campaign or they weren't sure if they could commit to one? Is there any other way they could experience it or check it out? There's this whole booming industry of, of actual play like shows of people just playing D&D. Uh, so there's uh, Critical Role, which I'm, most people probably heard of. It's it's uh, done by a bunch of voice actors uh, who th- they're uh, they they stream uh, their shows and, and you know they've been they actually started as just a private home game and then uh, I think Geek and Sundry approached them about streaming back in 2015 and then they've since gone independent. But I mean the fact that they're all they've all 
professionally been voice actors, writers, and directors means that they all have a very good idea of arc and dialogue and like character voices. I mean, they all have, have, you know, because they're all amazing voice actors, they all have very specific uh, uh, character voices that they do. And then the, the DM, Matt Mercer, is amazing. I mean, he can inhabit about 30 different people in an episode. And you know who each person is. Um, so that's worth checking out there on YouTube. Um, there's also uh, from uh, College Humor uh, Dropout, uh, their, their streaming service, uh, Dimension 20, which is kind of pertinent to what uh, we've been talking about because since they're all from College Humor, they're all UCB alums and, and College Humor alums. So they all have comedy and improv backgrounds and they do a show uh, run by Brennan Lee Mulligan, who is also an amazing DM and, and like the king of yes and. Like anytime the player tries to do something stupid and it either works or it doesn't, he will roll with it. He will not just ignore it and go with his plan. But And they they also have a very good idea of like, you know, balancing pathos and comedy i mean it's it, they're mostly like com it's a comedy show but they are they don't shy away from you know having a, a more serious scene or two right now they're doing um uh a a game with a, that's a rule set kind of based on the harry potter world uh so that's that's worth watching um if you guys have if you ever get dropout which is it's hey i'll i'll plug dropout it's great it's great they it's all a bunch of comedy and D D stuff so who is harder to convince, D&D players to do improv or improvisers to try D&D? It's, it's funny. You would think that it would be oh, talking a D&D player into improv because they're, you know, they're used to a small group. They're not used to like being watched per se. But, uh, you know, I've, I've had a couple of, uh, obviously, a couple of improvisers uh, uh, come into to D and D, and you know they they do they do very well with the the role play. But then again, the math and the numbers kind of uh, and the, and like the rules of what can I do? Can I do this? That what's an action? What's a bonus action? Kind of bogs them down. So and and, and it's funny because especially at the beginning, like even with seasoned like you know decades of experience improv uh, Im improvisers they were still like kind of leery about, I don't know if it was maybe because like characters in improv are so disposable that like, you know, if you, if you do that character and it didn't work, then you don't have to do it again. But if you have one character that you're sticking with, it can be a little more intimidating to try and like flesh them out, you know, with D and D players going into improv, like, you know, they're, they're obviously like the rules of whatever game you're playing or whatever, whatever scene you're trying to do, but it's, it's, a very, it's already very intuitive for them to be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to create a character. I'm going to make a strong choice so that it's memorable. Whereas, you know, improv players going into D&D, &D, they, they get the role play part, but it's the adapting to the framework of the game that can be a little more challenging. So what are some pro tips to really start the D&D &D journey for somebody? What do I need to do or think about to get started? Um, if you're, I, I, I would suggest uh, getting your hands on some kind of copy of the basic player's handbook, because uh, that can be very helpful in terms of like explaining the rules. Although I didn't do that when I started out. I, I, I would say another thing, if possible, and I realize this isn't going to work for everybody, but if you have friends who are already very experienced in it, play with them first, uh, because they can like help you and kind of 
give you a like exposure just by by playing it which is what i did i didn't i didn't read the handbook i probably should have um but that that can be if that's something that you're like worried about that can provide a little bit of of reassurance and comfort of okay i'm not going into this completely blind i'm not going to be just fumbling around in the dark um and whether or not you have an improv background when you do D D, uh be willing to do wild shit because it's interesting i've dm'd for uh, some of our mutual improv friends, and then also for my friends, and it's it's very interesting the differences between them because all of my friends, I mean, they've been playing longer than I have, so they know the rules as well or better than I do. So they know they they are very like good mechanically, and they're also good role play wise. But they they like know what they can and can't do within the system, um, and so we can we can have very sort of like structured and good uh, uh, sessions. Uh, but with people who don't quite know the rules, I have had more curveballs thrown at me from them than from the experienced players because they're like, well, can I do this? And I'm like, well, there's nothing in the rules that says that you can. But there's also, you know, it's Airbud. There's no rules that says a dog can't play basketball. There's no rules that say you can't try and like throw your friend as a cannonball into a group of goblins so i need to figure out a way to justify this because it's going to be very entertaining whether you succeed or fail being inexperienced is not necessarily a bad thing because it means that the craziest stuff can happen that an experienced player wouldn't have thought to do because they know that generally it's not within the rules of the game and being willing to take risks uh which is is true for both uh, uh, improv and D and D, you know, if the bigger the risk you take, you might you might crash and burn. Literally in D and D, you might catch on fire and crash and die. Um, but you might also do something spectacular that nobody was expecting. Um, also, just have a good time, like have fun. I know that that seems really silly and reductive to say, but I feel like it's something that people forget a lot in not just these two things, but in a lot of things of like. Just, just have a good. Like, there's so much crap and bad stuff happening in the world all the time, always, and so many bad people out there that, like, what, what's the point in making things worse? <laughs> just try and have a good time while you can. Agreed, and that's what this community is for—a little respite from some of the heavier things going on in our lives. In summary, though we only scratched the surface of D&D, I enjoyed talking to Brendan to learn about another rich world where game meets imagination. I hope it has piqued your interest in D&D as it has mine, and please take a moment to check out Brendan's fabulous improv bites and his appearance on this week's improvised show, plus other projects of his in the show notes. I am consistently impressed by his incredible guidance as a ringleading type of character, and his voice acting is entertaining as all get out. And who knows, maybe someday we'll all play together. So go ahead and check us out online to contact us to come play. We'd love to hear your voice, and we've totally got your back.